Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Some good news concerning Devon Kennard and Byron Murphy, but they will not play this week. So what are the Cardinals' options? Well, one is Marcus Golden. He is certainly excited to be back. We've got his comments. Also, two of the league's more talented quarterbacks will be on display this Sunday. Kyler Murray and Tua Tungavailoa. It's not the first time and likely won't be the last time they share the same stage. It's Cardinals Cover 2, episode 344, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side, defense caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Here's Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. So this, MJ, is when you know you are locked in and completely focused on the task at hand. Kyler Murray earlier today asked what it felt like with the team having the number one offense in the league. Now, this is offense in terms of yards per game. Asked that question, Murray kind of took a step back and looked to his left in the direction of Chris Melvin, the media relations director, and said, is that real? And then answered the question. Now, our colleague, Lisa Matthews, had an interview after practice with Chase Edmonds. And moments ago, she tweeted out the following, that Edmonds, quote, had no clue the Cards currently have the number one offense in the league. That, I think, speaks volumes because as much as we focus about stats, yeah, some players do as well. But when you kind of get into those kind of numbers, um, the only numbers that matter, wins and losses. Yeah, and immediately after what you would expect from Murray, he said he doesn't pay attention to the stats. The Cardinals are only halfway through the schedule, and they need to get better. And his reaction was priceless, like it always is when, you know, he doesn't know what he what he heard or the question sometimes, but he's he's definitely gotten a lot better. Yeah, I mean it's I really didn't know until I guess late last night when I was starting to look up uh, you know advanced stats on both teams, and then I find out today on you know the Red Sea Report that when it comes to the Dolphins' defense, they've only given up 130 points. Yeah, it's going to be a great matchup. The Cardinals. As far as average yards per game, 419.1. That is tops. They have the number two rushing offense at 160.7 yards per game, yet just the fourth pass defense. And again, this is all through seven games. And as Murray mentioned, seven games, that's not a season. You're, you're not even halfway through the season yet, but it is a good start. Well, just the addition of DeAndre Hopkins, the offensive line actually improving from a year ago. Um, the numbers back it up. Quarterbacks will only hit 14 times. That's number one in the league. He's only been sacked nine times. They're averaging over five yards a carry. And, you know, we've heard on multiple times how explosive this offense could be. Now you are getting into meaningful football, meaning these all, they all count. But when you're five and two, and you start looking, okay, Seattle's got a tough schedule here. You know, I don't know, should we start mentioning you're competing for the division title? Because that's a team goal. Every team, if they say, we win our division, Craig, regardless of the record, and we're going to see it this year in the NFC East, they host a playoff game. Yep. That's huge. And that Cardinals benefited that 
when he went to the Super Bowl, a 9-7 and team hosted an 11-5 team. So um, only one game back. they got to play him in a few weeks. Um, we know that Seattle's obviously going to have to do something different there. They've, they've added more talent. But, you know, I guess Cardinals stack a couple more wins. We can start talking about moving up in the division based on what the Rams do, the head-to-head matchup there. The Niners, obviously, uh, you know, they're going to a gunfight with a knife, it seems like. But they're still going to compete. So it's interesting, but yeah, I mean, they, they've said it all along and, you know, play here to play there, but they are definitely much more advanced with the addition of Hopkins and they really haven't had their main tight end in there. And then Drake, you know, he was up and down until the last couple of games. So, um, Kyle has got to get more accurate, but what he's able to do with that football and this offense, it is impressive. Yeah, Drake right now did not practice today because of that ankle issue. We'll have to wait and see, and I think it's unlikely that he gets the nod this week, maybe next week against Buffalo or even the following week when they play the Seahawks on that Thursday night contest. But this might have been one of those games that Drake wanted to play because it is his former team. He got traded midway through last season from the Dolphins. But let's get into some news and notes for the Bird Gang here because it is good news with respect to Devon Kennard and Byron Murphy, who both have been placed on the reserve COVID-19 list. Yet, according to Kingsbury, both players doing well and, quote, minimal symptoms, if any, end quote. And Kingsbury mentioned that he is hopeful that they could be back following this week. They will not play this week, but perhaps the following week, and we all wish them the best as well. In addition, there have been no new positive tests from this team since the weekend, and that is probably more important than anything when you talk about the contact tracing who was near Kennard, near Murphy. But the fact that this happened during the bye week, a little bit more separation, so fingers crossed that stays as we get closer and closer to the weekend. Yeah, when the initial report came out on, on Sunday afternoon, um, the report also stated that the Cardinals had basically quarantined and, and cleaned the entire facility. Um, and then players obviously were, were there, um, you know, in and out. But the fact is there hasn't been any other positive test. And it sounds like their symptoms are mild now with the COVID rules as you pointed out, they're not going to be in action. So you're missing two starters, Kennard and Murphy. And maybe it doesn't get talked about, but Zach Allen's on the shelf right now. So who becomes a starter next to Corey Peters and then Jordan Phillips? Jordan Phillips is a guy that's missed some practice. Obviously, is a guy that shows up on game day. Yeah, right now, Phillips did not practice because of a hamstring injury. We're also keeping an eye on Jordan Hicks, who's dealing with ankle and wrist issues, he was limited in practice earlier today. But when we look at Kennard and Murphy, two starters on defense, what does this team do? And I think we'll get more of an answer perhaps tomorrow when Vance Joseph speaks. But while we got some time here on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, what do we think the Cardinals might do? Let's first focus on Kennard. You lose an outside linebacker. You're already down Chandler Jones, another edge rusher. You know you've got Hassan Reddick on one side. And boy, does that Marcus Golden acquisition look so much better now. He's on the practice field this week, and he'll be in uniform this Sunday against the Dolphins, making his re-debut, I guess you can say, having the junkyard dog back in a Cardinals uniform. 
Yeah, and, you know, we always pay attention to the first depth chart that comes out in the preseason. Unfortunately, we didn't have that this year to look at different position battles, but they do put out a, a weekly release. It is uh, courtesy of the media relations staff, but Marcus Golden is listed as a starter, and it's not a surprise. He's a plug-and-play guy, and, you know, a lot of Cardinal fans were hoping they would make a, a you know, a trade on the deadline yesterday, but by going after Golden last week, and a few other teams made these trades, these guys are eligible to play this week. Marcus said the hardest thing was just going through the five days where he couldn't be at the facility. He was being tested. That's a new protocol. Uh, it's good news that he was on, a, on an NFL team, so he had been tested all along like every single player in the NFL. But he's a plug-and-play guy, and, you know, it's not, I thought possibly – you know, if you had another outside linebacker, Kennard, maybe he'd be a situational pass rusher. But I think he's a three-down linebacker. Um, obviously, you know, he's he's played in games. He played last Thursday night. Um, he's played the whole season with the uh, the Giants. He played last year, so I don't think football is conditioned. The guy plays with his hair on fire, and it was so refreshing to hear him how excited he's back here. But to answer your question, he's going to start right from the get-go, and, you know, the beauty is they got intel on the guy. Um, he has that contagious personality, that smile, and he, he plays balls to the wall. So uh, having him out there will create some energy, and maybe at times you know, you're waiting for a guy to make a play uh, to get the sidelines going because it's obviously not the uh, home field advantage they've had in the past. Even though they're going to have 4,200 fans there, that will definitely help. Um, but he's going to bring passion and energy and physicality to this front seven. I wish I had half the amount of energy as a Marcus Golden, who we finally heard from earlier today. And it's the same Marcus Golden who was drafted by the Cardinals. Certainly a very loud, very energetic, but a personality that just completely jumps off the page. And here's someone who is, as you mentioned, very excited to be back with the Arizona Cardinals. Mentioned that he did not have a very good night's sleep or went to bed upset following that game, his last game with the Giants on Thursday night football. But then when he got up, noticed that he had missed a couple of phone calls from his agent and from the Giants, found out he was headed to the Cardinals, quote, I got right up out of bed and started packing my bags, end quote. This is home, talking about Arizona. This is where his family is. This is where his kids are. So it is very good and excellent for him to be able to not only be wanted, first of all, but be wanted by a team that he left a few years ago and has made this his home base. Hey, it's not a secret. The Cardinals have targeted him the last couple of off seasons, and, you know, um, he fired his agent, so that tells me he was getting bad advice. He goes to play for James Betcher, makes total sense. Betch has intel on him. You know, he's, Betts gets the defensive coordinator job with the Giants. Um, didn't last very long with Pat Shermer, but... You know, the fact was is that he got bad advice. I, I was told in the offseason that he had put his kids in school here, and he's got relatives that, that you know, I follow on social media, and we communicate a little bit. Um, but at the end, you know, again, the asking price and then the fit, and you, know, you had Derek Kennard, who they spent 5 to $6 million on. They, you obviously had Chandler Jones. They were hoping Reddick would, be, you know, be a, a rotation guy, but – He's always, they always had interest. Sometimes it takes two to tango and it didn't work out, but I'm a big believer in life is timing and he couldn't be thrilled, more thrilled to be here. And like I said, um, you don't have to worry about him, you know, getting in shape, 
Um, I did ask him playing, you know, for Betcher and now, you know, Vance Joseph. Yes, they play a 3-4, but there's different terminology and vocabulary, and he said, I'll pick that up. Um, So there's a little bit of adjustment, but the fact is there's the quarterback. Go get him. Now he's also going to be in the run, run involved in a run game, tackle for loss. Um, but the way he plays in his energy, if you're the opposing tackle or guard, you better not take a playoff because you will look bad on film. He did admit to being frustrated not only this past off season, but even the off season prior to that, in which you alluded to. But they mentioned he always looks at things in a positive way. "Quote: It worked out great for me at the end of the day," and then added. No money in the world that I would have made would have been better than me coming back and being an Arizona Cardinal. So a fresh start, if you will. You certainly know he's going to always have the energy, but maybe even more a pep in the step, if you will, just because he's home, familiar surroundings. He can sleep in his own bed. He's got his family nearby. And then, of course, just the familiar surroundings, not only of the area, but just in that building and all the familiar faces that he has seen. He comes in as the quote-unquote new guy, yet he's the old new guy. And one thing he said towards the end, he would like to play with Chandler Jones again. I did notice that as well. That was an interesting kind of make sure to put that in there, that, hey, you know, I'm under contract for the rest of this season, but, you know, me and Chandler let's, Jones let's are good get friends. and done. Now, exactly. now, now all of a sudden you got to worry what's, what's the situation with Hassan Reddick. You know, he's going to be a free agent and he's, he's leads the team in, in, in sacks. And you said he's sixth overall. A couple guys ahead of him have seven maybe. Um, so hey, it's a good dilemma. Um, both guys have definitely, um, we know their upside. Hassan Reddick's playing his best football in the NFL. So good dilemma to have. You know, Kennard signed a couple year deal. Chandler's going to the final year of his contract. You can never have enough. Pass rushers. Exactly. Well said. And an excellent problem for general manager Steve Kahn to have. One other note from Golden. He was asked about how he is different from when he first left to now when he arrives. Quote, I'm an even better player. I'm coming back even better. You're going to get everything out of me. And I wouldn't expect anything less from Marcus Golden, who, yes, Bird Gang, will be wearing number 44. Yeah, and it's not so much the physicality, it's mental. He knows what it's like to go through a rigorous NFL season. He led his team in sacks when he was here with 12 and a half. Chandler had 10 and a half that year. So he knows what it's like. It's more mental. Like, you know, he's not going to bite on fakes. He's not going to, he's going to recognize offensive formations where as a young player, you're just trying to make a play and don't make a mistake. He's more football IQ. He studies a ton of film. And, you know, he's not going to make a lot of mistakes out there. So, uh, again, I'm glad that Steve pulled off that deal a week ago. Um, I know fans were waiting for a, a, you know, a day tread line. Trust me, with teams moving money to next year's cap, the whole COVID thing, uh, it, was, it was dead. You had a couple of trades. Everyone was making trades last week because they, they look at their team and say, we need to get this guy on the field. And I was thrilled when I was out there earlier in the week, Craig, and he was on the practice field, and that tells me he was cleared. Now he's ready to go. So you got Marcus Golden, Hassan Reddick as your starters. And then, of course, don't forget about Kylie Fitz and Dennis Gardak. They'll be a part of the rotation as well. Even more of a rotation when we look at the slot corner position with Byron Murphy not going this week. The question was asked to Kingsbury, okay, well, what do you do? And the first name out of his mouth was Kevin Peterson. 
That would probably be your best bet at this point. Devontae Bosby was just added. He hasn't been here very long. Is he up to speed with what the defense is? I mean, he's on the active roster, so he'll be active and he'll play. You just don't know what you're going to get out of him. Prince Amukamara is still on the practice squad, but according to Kingsbury, he's still working his way in shape. You got Jace Whitaker on the practice squad as well. So there's four names right there that perhaps could slide in to Murphy's spot. Yeah, and, and I know a, car, a lot of Cardinal fans are going to go, Kevin Peterson, that guy was picked on, you know, a couple of those games when they had some injuries back there. And let's not forget, when they went to Carolina, they didn't have Buda Baker, okay? They were poor tackling. They, you know, even Vance said they still need to tackle better, even in that last game against the Seahawks. But you're facing Russell Wilson, not the easiest guy to bring down. Kevin Peterson's a special teams player. And, you know, that's what, that's why he dresses on game day. You, normally you have four cornerbacks dressing, Patrick, Kirkpatrick, and then you throw in Murphy, and then he plays on teams. Now, when you have injuries, and Drake Kirkpatrick's been dealing with some injuries, um, so Bosby, to me, is a viable option. I mean, he's, he's a guy that's got good size. I mean, he is on the practice field. He's shadowing guys in the open portion with what they're doing defensively. Um, so I'm curious to see how many corners they dress. Um, but, you know, it, ideally, you'd like to have a veteran guy. Uh, unfortunately, you know, Byron Murphy was throwing the fire last year. Kevin Peterson, he's a he's a headsy player. Now, do I think he's going to play the slot the entire time? I don't. And we'll get into this because, you know, you got Campbell, and he's really big. When you see him in the huddle, like, he stands out. Not like Calais did, but he really stands out. And then another guy that stands out when he's in the auto is Isaiah Simmons. And we know um, there are times when he's going to have to cover. So there are options there. Um, obviously, you got to focus on the tight end. But the slot receiver is a guy that really runs those crossing routes, those drag routes. So you got to be quick at the line of scrimmage. And then you got to hope that you have some some coverage in the, in the backside. And hopefully that can come to fruition with Jalen Thompson and Buda Baker. And with Campbell and Simmons, it's about different personnel groupings and whether they're lined up as a slot or just covering an area. But according to Kingsbury, those two players, quote, have great length and range that we felt like we were in short supply of last year. Those tight ends were having monster game after monster game. I think Steve Kime did a great job of addressing that. And hopefully those guys continue to play at a high level, end quote. It won't be every play. But we did see several times that you can have a Campbell lined up opposite a wide receiver or a Simmons opposite a wide receiver. But then what do they do? Do they end up dropping back? Do they rush the quarterback and then someone takes over? It's going to put a lot on the shoulders of Vance Joseph, one, to come up with a scheme and then to the players to execute that scheme. The other name to consider, and he might have the most experience out of anyone, that's Buda Baker, who, because Jalen Thompson, MJ, has officially been activated from the injured reserve list, he's going to be active this week. So if you've got Jalen Thompson, Deontay Thompson, Chris Banjo in the secondary playing safety, maybe Buda Baker moves around a little bit more closer to the line of scrimmage and maybe show off those coverage skills. Yeah, now I'm looking for talking to Vance tomorrow. He's not going to give us a game plan, but that, I mean, we, we talk about Isaiah Simmons and, you know, when he was drafted, the unicorn and space eraser. 
Look at Buddha where he lines up. He lines up in the slot. He lines up on the edge. He lines up in the box. He lines up at safety. Sometimes he's even covering a, a wide receiver or a corner. So he's the jack of all trades. And listen, I, I got to assume with the guy making his first road start, not that there's going to be 68,000. Um, he was very pedestrian last week. Give him credit. They won because of their defense and special teams. And when you get a special teams touchdown, defensive touchdown, it really changes the complexion of the game. They got off to a good start. Um, but I, if I'm Vance and I got the impression during the bye week when we got a chance to talk to him, he wants to bring five or six. He wants to bring five or six guys and not they're going to play to spy on Tua, but I would think they're going to try to make him uncomfortable. And then we'll get into the matchups where the running game is and how many weapons they have and tight ends. But uh, I think Vance is going to, he's going to make him uncomfortable and that should help the Cardinals force some turnovers. Well, we do know this about Buda Baker. He is certainly on the radar of opposing teams. Miami head coach Brian Flores earlier today on a video conference call with Arizona reporters mentioned that Baker is, quote, one of my favorite players, end quote, and then noticed how much Baker moves around. So clearly he has the smarts, the football IQ to handle whatever is put in front of him. And I think we will see probably if you're going to measure the steps or how many miles that Buda Baker tracks this Sunday, it's going to be up there because I think we're going to see a lot of not only him in the secondary, but up close to the line of scrimmage just to give two a different looks defensively like we saw Sunday night with Russell Wilson. You have seven guys at the line of scrimmage, none with their hand in the dirt, and then all of a sudden they all come or only four rush and then the others drop back. I think you're going to see a lot of that until – a quarterback can show Vance Joseph that what you are doing, I know how to beat. Well, if, if you can force Russell Wilson to make some mistakes, now clearly, you know, they got off to a good start and, you know, give the Cardinals credit. They made some adjustments at halftime. It was more just let's go back to the basics and, you know, let's win our one-on-one matchups. But um, if you can make Russell Wilson kind of uncomfortable, I, I got to think too of making his first road start. And again, I mean, the numbers aren't great, but you got to give him credit for the win. Uh, obviously, they're, they're in a position where they're four and three right now. Um, they're chasing the Bills. They, you know, they won some games last year where they didn't have the first overall pick. So, uh, I think they got a good staff. I think they're a really young team. They got a lot of athleticism on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, again. Uh, they're heading the right direction. I really like that hire. I think as I asked Cliff a question about Brian Flores today, and a lot of it is his background is Belichick. And, and we, when you look at Belichick and Cardinals will play him, he takes your, your best player, tries to take your best players out of the game and, and then force other guys to beat you. So is, is that going to be like Hopkins? Is that more Kyler Murray in the pocket? So fascinating. But, you know, from the, from the Cardinals standpoint, um, they should be able to, you know, get him off his spot. And uh, hopefully they face some third and longs because that's when you can tee off a little bit. One last note on this topic because it deserves to be mentioned and something to keep an eye on when it comes to that slot corner because Drake Kirkpatrick did not practice today. A DNP because of a thigh injury, and we know he's been banged up on and off the practice field and on and off the regular game field come Sunday so if he's less than 100% maybe there's more of a rotation not just at slot corner MJ but that player opposite Patrick Peterson yeah and that's where you think um, 
Bosby will will get an option. You know, he again, he's 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 on the practice field. I mean, where's number 25? Um, Prince wears number 36. And getting back to Prince, it's kind of interesting. Cardinals signed him on October 15th. I know he was cut in training camp, but you would think guys would keep in the shape. But hey, um, he's on the practice squad. I think he's good insurance. He definitely has played in a lot of games, so that only can help him. But at some point, you got to get the same guys out there, the chemistry, the continuity, the communication. And I like the fact that Jalen's coming back. Uh, Buddha obviously helps the calls. Dante is much improved, not afraid to tackle, better in coverage. And then Banjo is more of a, you know, a guy that can play on teams, but in a pinch, maybe you, you have him out there because of his experience. And, and then obviously right now with Murphy out, it's going to be some adjustment with the corners. I wonder how much gamesmanship came into play with Kingsbury's comments about Prince. And maybe I'm reading too much into it. Maybe that's the, maybe that's the truth that he's just not quite ready or you don't want to tip your hand one way or the other and then see that transaction show up on Saturday, a day before the game. And then all of a sudden the Dolphins have to start looking at Prince of Mukamara tape. Not with the Cardinals, but his other stops along the way. So I, 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 especially if Kirkpatrick won, if he's unable to go, then you definitely have to make a move by someone from that practice squad, whether it's Prince or whether, whether it's Jace. But that is, again, we're Wednesday. I don't look too far ahead when it comes to the injury report until we get to Friday. And I don't think Kirkpatrick is one of those players that we can say, Hey, no practice Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, good to go Sunday. He's not in that DeAndre Hopkins category. No, and, and he's got to play better. I mean, you play opposite of Patrick Peterson, you know. I like the pickup early. I thought he was playing well. Now, I think he clearly being on the injury report and missing some of the practices, he is playing through an injury, and I'm sure not every single guy is 100%, but that was the what the bye week was for to kind of rest up and, you know, get your medals back in your head to where, you know, it, you know football is also – not physicality all the time, it's mental. So he's got to be a better tackler in the open field. He's got to tighten up his coverage, but he's got to be healthy. But I do give him credit trying to grind through. But that position, I mean, it was all settled when him and he was playing on the outside and Patrick was playing on the outside and Murphy was playing on the inside. They had something going there. Bird gang, make sure you update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The update features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. Also, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend the latest episode of Cardinals Flight Plan, episode six titled Raising the Bar. It dropped, as they say, Saturday, October 31st on the Arizona Cardinals official YouTube page, youtube.com slash azcardinals, but some great behind the scenes access and some exclusive interviews from owner Michael Bidwell, general manager Steve Keim, quarterback Kyle Murray and, of course, wide receiver Larry Fitzgerald talking about the first seven games of the 2020 season. That's Raising the Bar, Episode 6 of Season 3, Cardinals Flight Plan. All right, let's focus a little bit kind of on the Dolphins. More coming up Thursday and Friday. But with respects to what I think the storyline for most of America is going to be for this Week 9 matchup is the two quarterbacks, Kyler Murray and Tua Tungabailoa. It's two a time. MJ, you ready for this? His second career start, but his first on the road, and it will come at State Farm Stadium. Yeah, um, let's let's rewind to the combine because 
he obviously the medical is going to be the the big issue. And I don't know if any teams took him off the draft board. Him and his family, and give the University of Alabama a lot of credit. They were able to helicopter him to the hospital. He had surgery right away. He rehabbed there. His family moved in uh, with him. So they did everything they were supposed to do. Now there was talk at the combine whether he dropped or not, depending on which quarterback you liked um, in the draft, was he should redshirt this year. He shouldn't play at all because it's not like he's only had knee issues. He's had shoulder issues. He's had ankle issues. He's had, you know, he's a small, he is a small guy, but a very effective thrower. We haven't seen a left-handed quarterback since Kellen Moore in the NFL. Um, so, but that was the thought process. Now, they never said that, though. So they let Fitzpatrick, and then they, they obviously had Rosen there, and clearly, you know, they two was your future. So they get off to a 3-3 three and three start, and then they must have saw something in practice going, okay, we we can compete with the Bills. Um, we're going to compete with the, the Patriots this year. So I don't know what transpired, but the talk at the Combine was he shouldn't see the field this year, but they have more intel than we do, and – you know, the biggest thing was this guy has been injured, and the NFL, you're going to take some hits. Not like RG3 or Deshaun Watson, but he's going to take some hits. So I was a little surprised, but when you look at it, he's the future. And they got to know what they have in him, and I think they know. So uh, now the matchup is Tua and Kyler Murray, and they got some history there too. Yeah, this is round three, if you round will, three. as far as – Head-to-head matchups, one on the field, one off the field, and this Sunday will once again be on the field. But they first met in the Orange Bowl, the college football playoff semifinal between Alabama and Oklahoma on December 29th of 2018. Tua got the better of Murray that day, 45-34. Both, though, had very good numbers as far as individual statistics. Murray, 417 total yards. Three total touchdowns, Tua, 318 passing yards, and four touchdowns. So advantage Tua on the field. Off the field, they finished 1-2 in the Heisman Trophy voting that season. And you look at the numbers between these two, it's fascinating how close, especially when it comes to passing marks. The one big difference with Murray, though, and this might have tipped in his favor in terms of the overall voting and Murray walking away with the Heisman Trophy, just the rushing totals, 1,001 yards compared to 190, 12 rushing touchdowns compared to five for Tua. So, and we heard from Kyler Murray earlier today, they spent a lot of time on the banquet circuit. The families got to know each other and Murray could not say anything more than just how nice not only Tua was, but his entire family during that entire stretch. That banquet circuit, you're seeing the same faces day in and day out at different locations and different dinners. Uh, so it's kind of naturally that you would gravitate towards one another, even though you're up for the same awards. Yeah, and really, when you when you meet the Tua's family, just see him on interviews, they're, they're the nicest people in the world. Then you see Kevin and Kyler's mom, they're the nicest, and these guys were fortunate enough to have two parents growing up, but there is so much into their lives. I mean, Tua, when he when he got in that game, he went back to that spot and FaceTimed his family when he was on the field. Um, so, and Kyler's, his father's the one that taught him how to throw a ball, you know, baseball and, and, and football at the age of six. 
His father's his quarterback's coach in the offseason. I'm sure his father watches film. Um, again, not to step on anybody's toes, but like Kenyon Drake, you listen to your mother, you listen to your father too. So in that sense, um, yeah, it's, it, I, I hope he could stay healthy. I think he's an exciting player. Um, he was dynamic like Kyler Murray was in college. I mean, there, there were games you're like, how did he make that play? And um, the difference was, you know, as you pointed out, Kyler with the rushing, but his his completion percentage and his quarterback rating, it was off the charts that year. Well, they both finished with a 69% completion percentage. They were within several hundred yards as far as passing. Their yards per attempt, Murray 11.6 to 11.2. And then the passer rating, 199.2 compared to 199.4. And Tua had the advantage there. But you, it, it's just remarkable when you just look at statistics and that passer rating led the NCAA. But I think, once again, why it was Murray who walked off the stage with that award that night is just the dual threat and the dynamics that Murray shows the skill set because just as dangerous as he is with the football in his hands, when he takes off and runs, he might be there might not be any quarterback in the league that is comparable. Guys come close, but it's just a different cat when it comes to Kyler Murray running the football. Well, and we know over the years that the uh, Alabama wide receivers are in the NFL. And, you know, if you're saving, you're like, you got to protect yourself, you know, kind of live for another place. So there must have been something because, again, he hasn't just had one injury. He's had multiple injuries. And like I said, I, I'm rooting for him from a standpoint, not this Sunday, but just in general, because you know, I like these young quarterbacks that can run. And, you know, that's the trend, even though the pocket passer is still out there. You know, Tom Brady will show you that, and even a guy like Matt Ryan. Um, but I like a quarterback that can run a little bit, and so it'll be interesting to see. But he's got a bright future. they got a ton of draft picks. Um, they're building the right way. They're changing the culture there. So I think Miami's on the rise. I, I think Miami is what the Cardinals were last year. They're, they won games, though, so they had the fifth pick in the draft when he got drafted. But I, I, I think they're they're on the rise, and now that Brady's out of that division – and, you know, Buffalo, with their quarterback, it's interesting if you start ranking the quarterbacks in that division, Tua's going to be up there with within a year or two as one of the top quarterbacks in the AFC East. You're seeing more and more teams, MJ, turn to young quarterbacks and turning to them quickly. Tua waited until week seven, or I should say, excuse me, week eight, to actually start a ball game. But Kyler Murray, the minute he heard his name announced by Commissioner Roger Goodell. He was handed the keys to the city, so to speak. He became the face of the franchise, with all apologies to Larry Fitzgerald. And that, I think, is the one thing that sets Murray apart from everyone else. He was the guy, and we've talked about it a lot here on this show, and Kingsbury has brought it up, but the pressure and the spotlight that was on Murray's shoulders from day one is like anything else that I've seen with the Arizona Cardinals, and it might be hard-pressed to find anyone comparable around the NFL. Well, I mean, what teams are doing in the past, Craig, they, they, they usually had a veteran quarterback. Example would be when the Cardinals signed Sam Bradford and they had drafted Josh Rosen. They signed Bradford in free agency. They drafted Rosen. They had him ranked you know, in the top three of that class. And so Bradford starts the season, and people thought he was going to get hurt, and he was benched for lack of per- productivity so Rosen's thrown in there 
okay, you look at with in Josh Allen, you know, he got a chance to play right away. In, in, in Cleveland, Baker Mayfield, he didn't start. Tyrod Taylor started their season there. I want to say Josh McCown was in, in with the Jets with Sam Darnold. But when Murphy checked his bags, well, they they fight in Michael's private plane. So when they got to the in Arizona from day one, his first footsteps in that building. Here's the keys to the Ferrari. Um, don't screw it up. Basically, I mean, but I mean. You look at these guys that have been drafted in the first round. Lamar Jackson, he didn't play until the second half of the first season. Patrick Mahomes played in week 17, and then he sat uh, behind Alex Smith. Um, Haskins, they're already ready to replace him. You know, you look at when David David Carr was drafted. I mean, how did his career turn out when he was thrown into the fire? You know, Joey Harrington, Josh Freeman, RG3. Uh, the only guys I say have really passed the eye test we drafted and thrown in the mix was Andrew Luck, I think Josh Allen, I think Jamarcus Russell was horrible. I mean, Jamarcus Russell, he, he, I mean, he couldn't even basically read the defense or figure things out just from a talent standpoint. So, I think we got to give Kyler Murray a lot of credit here because teams draft now to play right away. The, 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 in the past, even Matt Liner, I mean, he had to compete with uh, Kurt Warner and. For some reason, Wizard Hunt opened up competition, which was ridiculous. Liner, how did his career pan out? So the fact that Murray's had the keys from day one, it's not a surprise. And and I don't think we really got into when he wasn't passing very well for a couple weeks there about sophomore slump. No, this guy's the real deal. And I don't know if he gets enough credit the fact that he is the face of the franchise and they're running an offense that a lot of people didn't think would work in the NFL. Now, they've made adjustments. Credit goes to the coaching staff, including the position coaches. But the fact that he's had the keys to the car and he's only shown improvement, and I think he could be up for offensive player of the year. If this team gets to 10 or 11 wins, now you got to put him in the MVP conversation. He usually comes down to touchdowns versus interceptions. But his rushing will put him in that conversation. So I, I, it doesn't get overlooked on me. All the pressure he had. I mean, you want to say is he's the savior, but listen, this this franchise is in much better spot with the hire of Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. The future looks bright. Well, Murray's trajectory has steadily, and sometimes there's been bigger increases in certain weeks, but even when he doesn't have the accuracy and he's only completing nine passes, well, he factored into that contest, and I'm referring to the Monday night game against the Dallas Cowboys because you have to account for his other skill set, and that's being able to run the football and affect defenses that way, and that is what I think separates him from a Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. Yes, they all can run the ball and throw it, but it's just a little bit better of a runner, at least in my opinion that puts Kyler Murray ahead of those two in terms of running the football. Now, if you want to talk about arm strength and accuracy, then maybe you go a little bit more towards Patrick Mahomes. But Murray is getting to that point here in year two where how much did we talk about year two? And we compared them. Hey, in year two, Patrick Mahomes won MVP. Lamar Jackson won MVP. And you just brought him up as far as Offensive Player of the Year and potentially MVP candidate. But that means the Cardinals are winning and right now they are winning, so he deserves to be in that mix. Yeah, look at Mitch Trubisky. Came out of left field. It took him second overall. They're trying to bring in competition. They got Nick Foles there now. 
I mean, Jameis Winston was the first pick in the draft. I remember when Vince Young was drafted. I don't think he started right away. I think they had another quarterback there. But, you know, again, you look at these guys' career, and, you know, guys like Blake Bortles and Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill, he panned out with another team because they have a really good defense and they can run run the ball. Uh, obviously, they rely on their head coach's personality. So it's interesting how these guys get these chances and then teams are ready to replace them. Like it seems like the Jets, if they get the first pick in the draft, are they going to take another quarterback? So I'm just I'm just thrilled that we're not in this boat because we know if you don't have one in the NFL, you got no chance. And Kyler Murray, uh, he's a gamer. He's a baller. When he gets on the field, I feel like he thinks he's the best player in the field. And regardless if he is, that's the way he plays. Well, you left that one quarterback in New York, and that's Sam Darnold. Because everyone's talking about Daniel Jones perhaps being not quite the guy and Darnold. I mean, you talk about a roller coaster with respects to Murray and that trajectory going up. Depending on who you talk to, the Jets might be looking for a quarterback this coming draft. And all of a sudden you're looking like, oh, okay, well, knock on wood, Cardinals don't have to worry about this for the next 10, 15 years. Yeah, and, and you wonder if you had a do-over, not to say Chase Young's not going to be a great player, but they, they put their eggs in a basket with Dwayne Haskins. And, I mean, he's not playing right now, and then they have to go to Alex Smith. I mean, the Jets bring in Joe Flacco. He's got to play. Uh, that Both of those for different reasons. Haskins was bench. Uh, Donald got hurt. But these teams are looking at it like, can I build around this guy? Can I win with him? We're not having that even that question or equation when it comes to Kyler Murray. We know they can win with him. And that's all they've you, done I mean, so far this Do you feel comfortable season. with Baker Mayfield for the next five years? Nope. Because, well, shoot, you don't even know with Baker Mayfield week to week. Yeah, that's true. And they got a new coach. and I mean, he's the first pick in the draft, but John Dorsey drafted him. Kevin Stefanski, if he's not a quarterback guy, and we know that he's worked with quarterbacks in the past in Minnesota, he's got a great background, he doesn't tolerate you know, mental mistakes – um, would you take – I mean, Josh Allen to me is one guy that got a chance to play early and he succeeded. They made the playoffs last year. But I could give you five names right now and I'd say, tell me where you think they're going to be in five years. Are they going to be Blake Bortles, a backup quarterback somewhere? Are they going to be, um, you know, Blaine Gabbert, who was, a, you know, a high pick? Uh, I, I, again, uh, the Cardinals are in a, a great situation and I just don't think it gets discussed enough when you hand the cars to this guy, all the pressure – and he's exceeded expectations. Now, winning is going to dictate how good this team will be in 2020. And we'll see, talking about the Cardinals, Josh Allen next week when the Buffalo Bills visit State Farm Stadium. Bird Gang, make sure you subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go, like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Rage, The Cardinals Red Sea Report, and, of course, this show, Cardinals Cover 2, Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. While we're on the topic of quarterbacks, and before we say so long here on this Wednesday edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, I've got to make mention of this just because, one, he's Darren Urban's favorite Arizona Cardinals player, perhaps of all time. But Josh McCown, ladies and gentlemen, not only is he back in the National Football League, he was already. He was on the practice squad of the Philadelphia Eagles, but not with the team. According to McCown's agent, McCown now 
is on the Houston Texans active roster. Josh McCown will not go away. <laughs> well, Mike McCarthy, um, he's a great follow on Twitter because everyone thinks he's the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. And it's funny, former Cardinal long snapper Mike Leach, he would do the same thing because people thought he was the head coach at wherever he is now, uh, Washington State. So, it, yeah, I mean, he he actually grew up in Houston. So he's going home. He's got a ton of kids. Um, I know he was coaching football. Yep. He was on the Eagles practice squad. Obviously, they didn't make a move by now. Um, the way Carson Wentz is playing, I think he's an insurance if they had COVID at that position for the Eagles because he knows the system. He played there. Um, but good for Josh McCown. Uh, this has got to be his 20th year, right, it seems like. I don't know how many years it's been, but he always won. He's a great guy. Oh, so he's, the best. he's excellent to have around, especially in the locker room. So props to him. And now I'm guessing he's your backup to Deshaun Watson in the Houston Texans quarterback's room. But, uh, yeah, Mike McCartney, not Mike McCarthy. It's at Mike McCartney seven on social media. A yeah. fun follow, especially when the Cowboys are playing. It's very, very fun. In fact, it was Adam Schefter. Last week yeah. had McCartney on his podcast to talk about how much he's been mistaken for the Dallas Cowboys head coach, or even going back to when McCarthy was with the uh, Green Bay Packers and, and the head coach of Green Bay. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. But, uh, again, I had to make mention. I saw it come across. But Josh McCown, welcome back. Not that you ever left. Mike is a great agent. I mean, he, he's got that huge contract for Kirk Cousins, all that guaranteed money. Uh, well-respected in the industry. I mean, he's kind of like Tom Condon and, you know, some of those guys that represent quarterbacks, Lee Steinberg's back in the fold here, well-respected. But yeah, people people in the media know he's an agent, but the spelling, you think they would figure it out at some point. Yeah, there is no H in his last name. That's the difference. So, yeah, spell check, people. It's, it's quick Google check. It's, it's not that difficult, MJ. It really isn't. I don't know, but it is fun. Oh, hey, Twitter, Twitter's under, or at least the Internet's un, unbeaten right now. <laughs> Very well said. <laughs> on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time on Cardinals Cover 2. <laughs>